Hey, Theo. How are you making porridge? Theo? Theo. Hey, guys, uh, where's, where's Theo? Welcome to the 4205 cast. The Kings are coming at you live, but you'll hear us on tape delay. Today I got with me, Joe, and Leo, and Anthony. Woo! That's better than three. (laughs) (laughs) It is four. All right, I'm Andre. number four. That's what they told me on Sesame Street. Oh, dear God. We're going to start this quick (laughs) with the off topic. This is Sesame why Street? I haven't been here in two weeks. <laughs> this is why I haven't been here. All right, guys. I'm Andre. We're going to start this off with a little, what are you playing? Theo, what? Where? Theo, you're in Japan, so you suck. Theo's in Japan. Joe, what you got? What I got? I got two things this week. I got into the Overwatch beta last weekend. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I was part of the. I was part of like a mass open beta kind of thing. I still didn't get in. Yeah. So finally, <laughs> it was just a beta weekend. So I had fun with that. That was a. Uh, it was a little touch and go for a while there. I was trying to reacquire my Twitch shooter abilities, which I have lost. They've deteriorated. Never to return. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there's a lot of options in that game that I can still have fun with, and I can still. Uh, I can. I can still get a like a glimmer of what a. What used to happen? I found that game is uh, it's more about like if your team stinks, you'll know it and you'll lose and immediately. You'll have a horrible time. Yeah, you need like a very solid, just a solid team in that game. But the good thing is when you're constructing it, it'll tell you how terrible your team is. Nice. It'll be like too many tanks, not enough support. Nice. Too many snipers, and that's as if you have more than one. Whatever <laughs> yeah, I tell you. Yes. Like, every time you have too many snipers. Picking snipers. <laughs> Quick review from you. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Oh, I liked it. I had a lot of fun with it. I just need to figure out if it's going to keep that longevity. You know, but it's a lot of fun. If it has the same longevity, a Team Fortress 2 It's a Blizzard title. Yeah. Man. Well, they always have their longevity. We'll see. They we'll always see get that. it right. Mm. I mean, if Joe likes something, I think you should look into it because he doesn't, you know. He doesn't like anything. Like much. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it's true. Well, I already said I'm getting it, so. Oh, awesome. I would love, love to have more people to play this game with. The other right, one, I'm not going to get any. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. All right. The yeah, one, the worst. The worst. The other one I've been playing is I've been playing that Dark Souls. That Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls Trey. Dark Souls Numero Trace. Nice. Nice. Numero. Rolling all over the place. Rolling all over the place. Not even bothering with the shield anymore. Well, the shield is actually really important. Okay. I actually found a shield with very, very, very good damage reduction. Ever since I stopped using two-handed weapon and got into the shield, I'm like, oh, this is better. <laughs> Why did I do this? I was, like, slashing shit apart left and right. It was just... I was trying to parry too much, and it wasn't working. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of dull at first. It felt like a long hallway. But it opens up. It kind of yeah, it opens up. It's like it starts as like a like a tree. It's like a stump on the bottom, and then grows, and then 
branches a little bit and it curves inward in some points. That's all right. Yeah. I don't mind that. No, it's actually really good. If more games applied this map design to it, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. You want to be focused in the early game. You don't want to feel like you're making the wrong choice of what you... <laughs> like, the original Demon's Souls, from what I have most experience that, from. It's just like, here you are. You're in the center. Go somewhere. Yeah, and everywhere I went, I ran into a wall. But <laughs> I yeah. quickly gave up on it. But, you know, I went back on the... I went back for Dark Souls on that. I'm liking it. I was very skeptical at first, but... You know, it's kind of dreary, very drab. Definitely the type of game that you'd expect from something called Dark Souls. Well, yeah, it's very, it's thematic that way. So I finally found my groove in it. And cool. I think, uh, I'm actually looking forward to playing through again in a different way. Nice. Maybe you'll maybe you'll stop bitching about the magic. Join the magic side. I listen. <laughs> I tried. The magic side. I was planning on going pyromancer. All right. What happened? You're gonna name him Visum, right? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gets it, but that's fine. <laughs> Leo. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Glad to be back again. Since uh, somebody is in Japan mm-hmm. and somebody else is dealing with school, mm-hmm. and we don't want to have like another three man cast. So Real life. And again, I am your relief pitcher. All right. Last time you served up the last inning home run. Well, I got it this time. Run, you know, so. I learned from my lesson. You know, I, I rewatched the tape. I want to know what he's playing. As Joe makes it about himself one more time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leo, since mm-hmm. we're not allowed to banter, mm-hmm. even though other people get the banter. What are you playing? So, I'm still in the Swords and Sorcery. Swords, swords and Sorcery. Sorcery. Which we were laughing about, but it actually is called Sorcery. Yes, yes, because there's a tabletop called Sword and Sorcery. So, ha! <laughs> um, it still sounds silly. <laughs> the reason I'm, I'm on it is one of the unique things about the game as you play it is that you have to wait until a new moon rises in real life to advance further into the game. See, this is why I don't play mobile games. <laughs> <laughs> There's a way around it that I discovered you get to go around it. There's two ways you can cheat and you cannot. Really? Uh, cheat? Yeah. You cheat? You're a cheater. I- I'm not a cheater. Uh, the game tells you how to cheat. Oh. But I'm not a cheater. So it's not actually cheating. It's not actually cheating. Okay. Uh, although you get, you do get called a cheater. You don't get 100% if you do the cheating way. So if you get a new moon on Monday, do you have to listen to Duran Duran? Please, please keep telling us about what you're playing. <laughs> so Please, please tell me now. <laughs> Um, I'm still I'm still playing that, but what I've gotten my teeth into was uh, Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter is a game that you start off very very confused in. As you advance further, some things make sense and some things stop making. They don't make any sense any further along. I never expected this game to make sense when I picked it up. I took a look at it, and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. Just let me have fun. Well, what I was going to say is, what I appreciate that the game is doing, even though it's leaving me very confused, is that unlike some other games in this genre, it's visually telling me the story and visually putting in those blanks. And it's kind of cool the way it's doing it, but I still don't understand why there's a dog. I do <laughs> understand. And just sits there and... He guides you. Randomly guides you, but what is this dog? So the game is revealing itself and unraveling itself in a very interesting way to the point that I'm st- I still want to advance, still want to get further, which hasn't happened in a very long time. Well, it's because you don't play games. That's not true. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm on a gaming podcast as a relief pitcher, so I play games. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't be here. Damn, I guess you're right. Huh. Guess you're right. There we go. There, there's my first cape for the night. But the game is opening itself in a very unique way, and I'm really preaching it. I haven't gotten addicted to a game like this in a very long while. 
Yeah, so that's that's where I'm that's where I'm up to right now, you know, and I'm looking at Street Fighter Five and, and such. And all you that haven't stuff. turned it on since that. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I really haven't. I, Hyperlife Drifter has really taken Street Fighter Five time out. Nice. And by the way, that's you know what ten minutes into the podcast with a Street Fighter Five reference. All right, we've gotten it out of the way. Yes. Well, you know, Street Fighter Five. All right, yeah, sure. Guile's coming out. Guile's okay, let's. <laughs> da, 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 da. All right, it's out of be a family man. Is it out of the system now? I, I guess. Okay. Yes, Kyle. All right, <laughs> Anthony. Yes, sir. Welcome back. Yes, I am back. You take a little uh, two-week break. You yeah. know. I hope you managed to play some games in that time. I actually did this time. Oh. Because last time you didn't. Actually, the time before that. I did. I did. That. You know, just because it's not Street Fighter doesn't mean I'm not playing anything. <laughs> so I picked up Division. Oh, but you didn't pick up the division when you said you were going to. Listen, things happen. Okay, all right. I'm, all right. Just, I'm, I'm just pointing it out. I'm, you know, you what? set up expectations in a previous episode, and then you lied. You lied to the people, and they demand blood. Well, I'm not a gangbanger, so I don't know how you're gonna get that. Okay. <laughs> so I picked up division, and I've been playing Destiny because of the update that they had. I like division. I like it a lot. Slightly the same feeling I had when I had first played Destiny. Do you have any any problems with the fact, like, do you think they feel a little same-ish? Yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, Division is your realistic, when I say realistic guys, like you're shooting humans instead of aliens or whatever you want to call them. So it's realistic versions of Destiny. I like the fact that, you know, it's based in New York. Like, a lot of the things that got down packed. Like, I think, I forgot where I was in the game, man. Like, it wasn't Sparrow. That's for God sure. Well, you know, they can't have actual companies. I don't even like Sparrow. Like I, just, you know, I just wanted it to know it was there. I was totally just waiting for him to say it. I looked at him for him to say it, and then he, he just delivered. It's an Italian thing, right? Well, it, it's, it's quote, un, like like the way Olive Garden Italian, is an Italian thing. Yeah. Listen, I grew, not. I grew up in an Italian family, so we all we know all about that Italian food. It's borrowing it. So here's <laughs> here's a question I have about Destiny, being that you're playing both Destiny and D- Division. The begin when Destiny first came out, there was a lot of talk about how the beginning felt kind of empty, like you know there was enough content. Is the first let's say hour or two a Division a different experience than Destiny? Do you feel like Division learned from Destiny's mistakes, or do you still feel like you wish there were some plot holes in this type of genre of game, being that they're essentially the same game but different, you know? Methods for it. I mean, it's hard for me to ask that because I didn't start playing Destiny on day one. So mm-hmm. I, I started playing it pretty much when they had the first deals, like first two DLCs, I believe, out already. Um, I think something that Division did good was they already made a DLC for it. I gave it for free. They had they added like a type of raid mode, you can say. But then with Division, you can still go into um, the dark zone. You can call it. It has instead of Destiny having the light level, it has this. I guess you can call it the dark level. I don't know what the proper name for it is, and you level up. Um, you can still kill enemies in there, kill like other players, and take the items and get good items. You don't have to play the rate to get it. I feel like with Destinies, you have to do certain things to get these max items, get this max level. Hmm. They just slightly incorporated other things in the game. Now, all you can do this PVE stuff by yourself or with randoms and get these high level items instead of playing with people that you with like in the raid. Okay, so that's pretty cool. I wish people that I knew played it on the console. It would be a lot more fun. I'm not that far behind. <laughs> really and Joe wishes people played it on the PC. So well, I'm not playing it at all. Because wish. I've heard I've heard a lot of stuff. How do you feel about the um, the rampant exploiting in the division, from what I understand? People are getting gibbed around corners. I hear there's a new exploit where everything can be shot with one, one bullet. 
and then done. I mean, I haven't ran into that. What I, I have actually a quick story. So first time going into the PVE part of um division, I go in there like there's a bunch of I'm level one for that multiplayer level. Right, you're fresh. Fresh. So I go in there's like six dudes fighting um some CPUs. I'm like, okay, let me go and help. How you can get a nice item after? I'm shooting the CPU. Next thing you know, one of the actual players turn around and kills me. <laughs> I'm like, what the, what the hell just happened? You ran into the wrong spot, so, my friend. Me being the shooter game person that I am, I said, okay, I got something for you. Come back, snipe him, kill him. So I'm gonna kill the whole team now. Just for you guys, want to be a bunch of assholes. <laughs> so I get into like a good, like probably five minute gunfight, which is actually pretty fun with one of the guys. And he runs away. I'm like, why are you running away from me for? You try to shoot me, let me kill you. Anyways, <laughs> this is what happens when you have a Call of Duty player. Right? It's just so much violence. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to help you out, and you sh- and you kill me, like really. What I like about that game is like when you find an item in the game, you have to like find a certain point called an extraction point, right? To like attach it to the helicopter. You have like I think like a minute and a half to attach it to the helicopter. Wait for the helicopter to come, attach it to it, and then that's how you get your items. Now, in that point, if somebody kills you, your items drop. They can go and pick it up now and take your items. So it's so, so it's too risky. It forces you to say, okay, I need a team to watch my back while I'm doing this, right. and vice versa. You can do it by yourself. So if but, you're going to go, like, what is it called, going rogue or going renegade? Um, going rogue is like if you friendly fire somebody. Ah, it, it can be yeah. random. Maybe, you can, that, yeah. maybe that's what you did. Maybe you hit somebody by accident. No, because I by myself in the corner. <laughs> so he had no excuse. He had no excuse. That's why he died. I like Division so far. Um, I definitely feel like they kind of force you into that corner of you have to play with people to become better. Well, that's that's an MMO for you. I mean, yeah. I like it, but you know what? It wouldn't. I don't have a problem of you know random shooting. You just got to be watch your back, be careful. It's like if you were doing this for real life, pretty much. Well, I don't um, know about that. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna go outside if you're in like in the army or something like by yourself, or are you? You're gonna have a team with you, no? Well, if you're with a, if you're going into a combat situation, I'd hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it's like it's like one of the situations where okay, well, you know what, you can do this by yourself, but it's better with people. Right. I'll say this: That's, division uh, keeps getting interesting the more I hear about it. And there was a recent article that showed a team taking it for real, for real. There's always one of those where there's. I don't think it was a team. I think it was one guy yelling out orders, and everybody was like. Dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> more dots, more dots. <laughs> it's on that level, except yeah. it was very military. Oh boy, that sounds about right. <laughs> I would love to. I would love to see like a let's play, but like with veterans playing division and seeing how they play it versus like other people. Like you know, like a, a squad I'm sure who you all come back home and watch them like like see that live video or see that like recorded video of them going through a division. I think that would be mad cool. I think the FPS MMO genre has really yet to find its stride. I feel like there's a lot of potential that is untapped. And one, yeah. of, the, and one of these days, the WoW version of this game is going to come out. Around. Yeah. And Blizzard will probably release it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Your faith in Blizzard is a little... It'll be StarCraft It's a little elevated right now, I think. Whatever developer finds this formula is going to make tons of fucking money. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I, I'm, you can see me soon. I mean, if you get it, on the PS4, right? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll buy another copy on the PS4 if you get it. All right. Do the, do the exploits extend to the PS4? I believe so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, just be wary of that. Maybe they'll, uh, hopefully they'll find like, a way to fix this stuff. I mean... That could be potentially it, game-breaking. It's still in the early stages of the game. It's been, what, uh, for like 
almost a month. Like how many patches have they even had a chance to put out, right? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's still a work in progress, little by little, right? Other than that, this that and Destiny, I finally finished um, paying off my car, so I'm owner of another car now. Ooh, All right, yeah. nice. So it's called the Wii Life game. Owner of no more, another no, car. No more metric card stuff. <laughs> Soon. But Dre, what have you been playing, sir? It's been a while since I've heard from you. What's video games? Oh, stop. Oh, come on. You're just berating him for not playing games. <laughs> you can't come back with that now. Look, man. <laughs> hypocrite. I am a hypocrite. I, <laughs> I was, I've been playing Final Fantasy IX. Okay. Uh, that came out on Steam recently. Just recently released on Steam, and I have to get it so that Mr. Theo, who's in Japan, gets to understand what this game is about. He knows what it's about. It's his favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah, but you know, it has all these little new modifications. Oh, like what? Like a uh, brand new AI, AI UI, uh, really crisp looking UI. It's actually it, like it pops out. It's like a mouse interface. There, there is a mouse interface. Neat. Not necessarily. <laughs> That's a cool way to play some of these old RPGs. Not necessarily the way I want to play it, well, but the option is cool. Yeah. However, it does make the battle screen not as clean as Nine's was. Nine Nine's original battle screen is really clean. And now the the menu is a lot wider because of the mouse interface, so it's not as clean. But there's no, there's no scaling for that. No, option no, to no that. option to scale the UI. The get it together, game developers. The uh, yet another Final Fantasy on Steam that gave me a lot of issues with the Xbox One controller. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm trying to tell you something. It, it works with the controller fine, but I can't have the controller plugged into certain oh, is games. It, is it seven and then nine? Seven and nine. Maybe it's just something about the PlayStation. The Maybe PlayStation it's just games. Square doesn't know what they're doing when it comes to <laughs> those games. <laughs> I don't know. The models, all the models in the game look really sharp. Hmm. The, so the game like, overall looks really good. It's, it's not only been re-released, kind of like remastered. I don't know as much about remaster as much as just... A touch-up, you know. Okay. Maybe like an increase on polygon count. They they weren't able to really change what the the random scenes look like because all of the maps are all pre-drawn. So those are pretty much the same. They're all blurry. The, the FMVs look like they were touched up. You know, the game overall looks really good. Two questions. First point is the question is: uh, Can you change from the old UI to the new UI? No. Like, is, okay. Second thing is: It's not just Square who doesn't know how to deal with controllers. Uh, Mark of the Ninja does not know what a PlayStation 4 controller is. Or Capcom. Please give us driver Street Fighter 5. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, the funny thing is that, you know, it's so commonplace that games work with the Microsoft controllers. And I'm pretty sure if I got the 360 controller and plugged it in, it would work fine. Hmm. In fact, the game has icons indicating that it's expecting you to play with the Microsoft controller. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it, right. I mean, it's a PlayStation game. Right. But it's like, press X, press Y. Pre- and there's a scene in the game where you're, it's actually like yelling at you to press commands. And I'm getting them wrong because I'm used to pressing X on the PlayStation, which is not the same location as X on the 360. So I'm just pressing the wrong buttons all the time. I'm like, oh my god, this is so hard for no reason. You know, Enter, Enter the Gungeon has a way to change the uh, display mode. It would, oh the, my god, if it could buttons. just do that, I, I would be like, I don't care if I'm playing with the Xbox One controller. Let me put the PlayStation buttons. Because we grew up in the Super Nintendo era where X was Y and B was A. Yes. Mm-hmm. At least L is still L. Yeah. Well, I don't know, yeah. man. Sometimes you got to switch it up, right? <laughs> Sometimes you just got to throw a Z in there, too. 
Well, the Z's in the back. Where's the Z button? Z's in don't the back. Worry, don't worry about that. No, where, back of what? In the back. Of, of? In the back. Of the controller. Of, of, of where? All right, so let's hit some news. Touching on a uh, previous episode that we have done, it looks like the PlayStation 4.5, the PlayStation 4K, whatever they want to call it, is new. Project Neo or something Project like that. Project Neo. We've gotten... Roll my eyes at that. <laughs> dev kits going out there. Uh, people will have it in their hands to make games with. Not much to really say about it outside of that. You know, it's not fake. Unlike some other things that we talked about on that episode, <laughs> like the NX. Well, we'll see. Fake. And the Nintendo's coming to E3. We'll see what they're gonna what they're gonna burst out of that. Oh, really? Yeah. How many years have they been out now? It's like three. They're making a comeback. Well, everybody else is leaving E3, so they might as well come back now <laughs> that they probably can't get their ass beat. <laughs> yeah, Theo, you got anything to say about that? Nope. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> no Japanese correspondent for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Another quick hit. Microsoft, they decided that it's time to stop production on the 360. So they've gone full 360 on it. Too. Wow. Good job. What's <laughs> funny is... That's not what's funny. What's funny is that I didn't kind of know funny. they were still producing 360s. Yeah. You know, the I haven't heard that PlayStation stopped making PlayStation 3s. No, they, they just recently turned off the last PlayStation 2 server. Yeah. Look, these companies support their old systems into well into the next life of the new ones. Yeah, I mean, look at it this way. Um, Xbox One is now becoming slightly backwards compatible with some of the games. I don't think PS4 is doing that, so hence the PS3 still don't have to play old games. Lord knows there's tons of Xbox 360s out there. You can pick up somehow. Some of them might have the red rings on it still. Oh, so. yeah, you know. <laughs> you might have to sift through for the winners, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's get into slightly heavier news here. Heavier. Heavier news. A, uh, Not the heaviest news. A video game retailer heavyweight. Uh, let's call them GameStop. Oh, GameStop? They're getting into game publishing. Yes, and they've tied up a couple of names mm-hmm. into this. You know, you guys have heard of Insomniac. Yep, Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, you know, Ready at Dawn, they put out the order. Mm-hmm. You got Frozen Bite. I believe they did Trine. Yep, yes, they did. And Tequila Works. I haven't really heard of these guys as much as the other ones, but these are some names. And honestly, like, my first reaction to it was it's going to be a very interesting time for the workers, but GameStop themselves. There's no reason why they shouldn't do this. Right. They saw, they saw what happened to Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> they like, they not, need a slice of the pie. Like, let's not be this generation's Blockbuster. What I what I find very interesting about this, uh, for all the complaining that a lot of people do about EA, uh, EA is really just the behemoth. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it hovers over the gaming industry so much. And now you have someone who can potentially be just as big. Well, from what I understand, they're going for more of a middle-of-the-road kind of thing. But this thing is kind of cool because there's like there's a you have Steam flooded with indie games, and you've got other big publishers pumping out AAA games. There's like sort of a market for the middle ground there, which is like kind of what kind of like what the stuff that like Trine is. Well, GameStop has already already been involved in some publishing, but like this is the first time they're getting out in into the open. Like they. They own Congregate, right? Uh, and there's so they made the flat. The guys make the Flash games. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they have a lot of indie stuff in the background, but now now they're putting stuff on consoles. So. Well, well, and they're calling this. What are they calling this? Game Trust, right? Uh, yes, Game Trust, yes. Game Trust with a interesting 
Asian inspired logo, logo, which doesn't really look like it's very Asian-y. <laughs> I, I think this is a very good thing overall. And as EA has been pushing more towards casual games and more towards other parts of the market, you know, you now have someone else pushing back. And I think it's going to be some really nice competition between the two. Well, competition, maybe. I think, like Dre said, they just want a piece of the pie here. GameStop was taking, you know, other people's video games and selling them, kind of like the way Netflix was taking other right. people's television shows and broadcasting them. And, and then, then they started what do Netflix they... originals, and they're killing. Yep. So yes. GameStop maybe is like... We could do mm, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you think it's just straight out of me just making money and staying afloat? Well, well of course. <laughs> I mean, think about how much money... A, a store makes on selling a new video game product. They don't make much. The MSRP for most of the games is $60. They buy them essentially at cost. They maybe only get like a couple of dollars out of each sale. So now if they publish the games, that's more of the money that's going straight to them. Right. Like before they used to, they would make their money on like pre-orders and, and used subscriptions, games. used games, things like that, which is kind of like relying on external external sources for your revenue. Right. Or by pushing third-party add-ons, which they can purchase relatively cheap and then sell at a markup. So now they're just taking a more direct route here, which yeah, I, think is, it, I, I think is pretty cool. It makes sense, you know, as, a, as an employee of a video game retailer... Former employee, yes, said former. I can't say that it would be something that I would be enthused about trying to deal with because I know that That's the higher true. ups would be putting on a lot of pressure to make sure that these games sell. Mm. But in terms of what the company wants to do, I mean, you can't hate them for it. They, no. they are in business to make money, and this is going to make them money. Hopefully, for them, be successful before it makes any money. Right. Hopefully, for them, it makes it makes. Well, people like trying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, look, they they got they have out of the four names, right? They have one A plus developer mm-hmm. in Insomniac. They have Ready at Dawn, which was you know they're not really known for that much. They put out the order uh, recently, which was not that amazing of a game, but it was a pretty cool experience. Uh, so if you... It's a, it's <laughs> if a great you wanna, movie. If you want to put it like that. They have some names here. They do. From what I understand, like they need to want to help some, maybe some floundering developers, give them some money, and maybe bring them into their fold, bring them on board, and help get their stuff more out there, you know? Okay. So they don't have to rely on, like, Kickstarter and stuff like that. Yeah. It, it seems like they, were, they would be willing to invest in things... And then, you know... Game Trust. Yeah. Sign Inafune so that he can put out Mighty Number no. 9. Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> that is never happening. Well, we will never see Mighty Number no. 9. At this, at this point, I just don't care. Yeah. I just don't care. Yeah. Chris, you have anything to say about that? No, you don't. Because he ain't here. Ooh. Wrecked. Let's check out this uh, little item here. I'm looking at something that looks like a map. <laughs> <laughs> For a game that's called Red Dead Redemption 2? Yeah, there have been rumors, you know, lots of rumors circulating that a uh, Red Dead Redemption sequel is in the works. What's funny is that I feel like I heard about Red Dead Redemption recently. There was a, a little thing that there was a discussion about this game. Yeah, you know, Anthony was was here and he was knocking me down because I was trying to debate against Red Dead but he's wearing a Red Dead shirt, so the guy's obviously a homer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, how do you feel about Red Dead Redemption uh, losing in the uh, 4205 cast tournament? Um, 
Well, Leo. That's all I have to say. Leo. <laughs> all right. Good what job, you, Leo. Oh, good job. Hope you like wrestling. <laughs> what's your what's what, what's your take on the the Red Dead Redemption Two? I mean, I'll be perfectly happy with it. Like I said before, I rather play Red Dead than Grand Theft Auto. The hmm. online for the like, really you like horses more than cars. I thought you were the car guy. I mean, I like. I'm mean, you know, I go back into my roots. Just being west western. I like it. It was something different, like. A good Western video game, open world, cowboy status, outlaws, like amazing. Who doesn't love Exactly. <laughs> See, you get my point. Yeah. Who doesn't love that era? What what they did with Grand Theft Auto Five, the online was people are still going to game stores, GameStop, Best Buy, still that and buying these hundred dollar shark cards to do stuff. I could just imagine what they can do in this game now. That would be amazing. Yeah, there was kind of like a little bit of an online aspect to Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a, it was a fun little distraction. It was actually kind of similar to to Division slightly. Yeah, yeah. Come to think of it now, I saw someone playing. Uh oh, and it looked it looked fun. Mm-hmm. But at some point, it's like, all right, I get it. I mean, yeah, because you know, it was the online wasn't big around that time. They blew up with the last Grand Theft Auto. Like, I'm itching. It's a good game. I think there's you need games like that, like PVE type games. You can have that full on several hours of this. You in the game, you have to worry about people playing online with you, mm-hmm. even though it has that back end for it. Sometimes you just want to you want to play the game, but you don't want to immerse yourself too much in it. You just want to just go in and do something quick and then get out. Exactly. Like Mass, I, Mass Effect Three had something similar. I still haven't played them. Is anyone still playing the Mass Effect Three multiplayer? Because that was a little that was a little kind of fun. One of one of my friends was actually really into it like a few months ago. Like he was, I saw him signing on to Origin and playing it all the time. I was like, "This is still around," <laughs> but you know, I guess it is. It's just a horde mode, but oh, yeah. horde I, mode is fun when yeah. you have when you have your friends. So, and I have, I have a question for you because you're the Red Dead Redemption person here. Yes, sir. In the article that that you have in front of me, it also says that this new map seems to take place in another franchise. That Rockstar also has Mafia, the Mafia Three franchise specifically. How do you feel about this game possibly tying into an entirely different franchise? Unlike you know Grand Theft Auto, we kind of go to the same city over again, Wait, but it kind of broads over. Are you bit. saying there are Italian mobsters in my Western game? <laughs> well, <laughs> hey. time periods don't match up. Oh, yeah. What what is this guy talking about over here? Let's, Why are there Italian people in the OS? What's going on? Forget about it. How you doing? I guess it's okay because it's the Italian guy who's doing it. <laughs> uh, you shut your mouth, okay? This is how I talk usually. It's okay. not anywhere near. I clean anything. it up. I clean it up for the podcast. What do you want me to tell you? Come oh, okay. on. So, with that said, how do you feel about like this? This potentially leading into some other franchises, and, ha- and does that change your perception, or does that add value to a game into a franchise you already like a lot? I think it's a good and bad thing. Um, I played Mafia Two. And it was, to me, just sad to see this, like, a cheap rip-off of Grand Theft Auto. It's sad <laughs> to say, but... But it's, it's something different. Something different. You know, I'm down for always expanding games with, you know, map stages, levels. I'm always good for expanding. More more playtime for me. So the other rumor I heard about this game, about Red Dead Redemption 2, is that it's uh, going to be a prequel. This is only unsubstantiated rumors. I've heard nothing confirmed about Red Dead Redemption 2 yet. Yeah, we just have a map that showed up on NeoGAF. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's been picked up by IGN and GameSpot. <laughs> <laughs> you always have to think about it when you say it. GameSpot. Those letters. Two consonants changes the meaning. 
I, I think this one has a little bit more traction than your average run-of-the-mill internet rumor. Well, since it had a follow-up rumor, I'd say you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be good. We don't really... We know partially of um, the main character's back life from Red Dead Redemption. So yeah, they did touch about a lot about that. Yeah, I mean, but to go in more depth, like what he did before he decided to change his ways, become a person of good, you can mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no guarantee that it's John Marston. Yeah, it could, they can say, hey, let's let's give his son a story. Let's make it a sequel. All right. Here's an important question: Are you still picking flowers in this game? Why wouldn't you be? You need to. You yeah. need them, don't you? Here's the, here's another important question. Can you still play poker in Mexico? Well, I guess we'd have to see if Mexico's in the game, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Better yeah. be. Playing poker in Mexico is the shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next piece of news. I think this one ties in pretty nicely with what we did last week. Indeed. Uh, we got the Hyper Light Drifter developer kind of knuckling under the pressure Mm. Making the game a little bit easier for the masses and then getting some backlash. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. why are you making my game easier? And he's like, oh, okay, fine. I'll make it re harder or something. Re harder. <laughs> uh, <I'll> guys, <laughs> this sounds pretty eerily similar to what we were going about, on about last week. What, what do you think? Should he, should he have address these issues to make the game easier? I don't know. I think I think developers should have a vision and stick with it unless something is completely broken. So one of the things that he changed and I, I totally agree with the change he made the dash have invincibility frames because we've been conditioned essentially every game with some type of evasive maneuver that this evasive maneuver is invincible at some point and Hyperlight Drifters was not Mm-mm. and I died a lot mm-hmm. because I expected it to be and I was let down every time <laughs> well it's it's not a not a game where the dash was invincible at the start well or at the end <laughs> or at any point in time well until they changed it until right changed. but the problem with it is the reason why this is important is because this game is so focused on you dashing all over the place so when you make this main mechanic to get from point A to point B, and you kind of don't make it useful in some places where you expect it to be. Well, how do you adjust it? Because you can chain dash in that game, right? So how do you adjust it so that it doesn't become abusive? So what happened was that he added a couple of invisibility frames to it, and then there was an uproar, and he removed some of his invincibility frames from it. He made it easier and then made it harder, but still kept the functionality that should have been there because the game is focused around so, it. So the pendulum swung too far in the other direction and he kind of dialed it back a little bit. Yeah, which I think, okay. which I think is great because developers develop stuff and they make mistakes and I feel like that could have been a mistake. I think it was a mistake to have, it no, have no invincibility frames. Well, he's not going to make everyone happy. <laughs> yep. And even before you, know, you announce the game's coming out, you're already going to have opinions about a game, and no one's ever going to 100% enjoy a game. Not everyone's going to enjoy a certain game or a certain title that comes out. That's what you aim for, but it's not going to happen. The fact that he was like, look, I hear some of your complaints, I listened to them, and you know, I made some dial backs on, on some of the changes we made. I think it's a really good recognition that you have to have some give and pull on what, like you said, the developer's uh, thought process is, but also the realities when you're actually playing a game. And that is the developer listening to you versus some developers who are like, nah. You gotta also understand what part of the percentage of the people who play this game are gonna be vocal about it. Were the complaints really so overwhelming that he felt the need to address it so quickly? I think that he he took both sides into it, which is why 
he kept the the invincibility frames, but he lessened it. I believe that he wants the game to be at this certain level of difficulty. That is what he wants the game to be. Him as the developer. And when he said, okay, I'm going to change the, the health pickups. Yeah, maybe he went a little too far. And he's like, you know what? This is not what I envisioned for the game. So it goes back to what we were saying about being difficult, but being the wrong kind of difficult. Yeah. And to, to be fair about Hyperlight Drifter, I think that the game is hard, but I didn't think it was unfair. Mm-hmm. I thought that the dash sucked. <laughs> and I would be more than willing to go back and try it now. But I, I think this is a good place to start. What so, do you think, Ant? So let me ask a question. Um, this game only has one difficulty to it? There's no difficulty setting. So just, all right, so... The game just is what it is. Do you guys think that probably should have it as, like, the hardest difficulty has no... The dash is the original how it was, like, no invincibility during the frame rate for the dash? Maybe what they should have done is... is you know, toggle it. Like, original and... And, like, I guess... Updated like, or something like, like that? Like, yeah. the game modes, where, like, you said with the... I think what you were saying earlier was um, when you sign out of the game or log out of the game, your health packs regenerate, something like that? Yeah, so the after the patch, the pickups, the health pickups in the game, when you warped between areas, would uh, regenerate. Previously, they didn't regenerate like that. They would regenerate, like, basically if you turn the game off. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you'd come back to it after some time. It's and a very unusual. It is extremely choice. unusual. So why not have, like, easy mode, where you have full-out invincibility during your dash and that feature that Dre just mentioned, and then, like, you gradually, when you increase the hard difficulty, you get rid of certain things. Well, I feel like if you're going to change the mechanics of the game to make it easier, you should keep the original version intact so people have the option to play it. Because I'm pretty sure there are some people who who would want to, wanted to play it the, original the way, way it is. Yeah. yeah. And that would be, like, hard mode or whatever you want yeah. to call it. I right. could, it that could have been an option. Yeah. Just, just don't give people more, more or fewer rewards for it. What's funny is that he actually addresses it in the patch notes because I patched it yesterday or the day before, and I was I was reading up on it just because there's a major bug in it from from previous version, and um, he was like, "Look, there's a discussion about easy mode, and I'm I'm listening to it, but we haven't made a decision on how we actually feel about it. We built this game in a certain way, in a certain direction, and we're kind of okay with it. And the tweaking that we're doing feels like they're tweaking around you know the the frameworks of it, but this game." The argument against an argument for it is that this game has areas that require you to master a certain skill or certain rhythm, and an easy mode kind of takes those items and those aspects out, versus other parts that kind of go, eh, you, these enemies can be easier, they can be one hits or two hits. And I feel like you're changing not just the dynamics of the game, but you're also changing what this game was intended to be once you do that. <laughs> you know, there's a quote from, uh, you know, the guy that made uh, Ninja Guiding Games, Ethan yeah. He goes, at first it was easier, but when the tester said, this is too difficult, I made it even more difficult. <laughs> Troll. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that kind of philosophy. Well, Where they just, they just did, not only do they stick to it, but they're unapologetic about it. There was there was a lot of, and you know, this this is a shame we didn't get to talk about stuff like this last week. But a lot of the times when I believe it was uh, Miyamoto who said this, that the games were were hard in the NES days and maybe even the Super Nintendo games because the developers were the ones who were playtesting it. So they knew everything, and then they would play it and be like, oh, this isn't hard enough, and they'd make it harder. Oh, this isn't hard enough, and they'd make it harder, and then you get Silver Surfer. 
<laughs> I, I don't know if the developers had an easy time playing Silver Surfer. I can't imagine they did. I mean, you, you know, you have to you have to be careful that you don't inbreed the game to be hard because you are good at the game. Mm-hmm. But it, there's nothing wrong with making a hard game. No. You know, the game can, the game is allowed to be hard. It's made for a certain segment of the population. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, is it a shame that everybody can experience it? Sure. But, oh well. I'm not going to fight about it. I believe that where possible, there should be some sort of difficulty modes. But if the people who make the games feel that it's compromising what they want out of the game, I'd rather them release what they want mm-hmm. than release what I want. Because if you make too many changes... Then more and more people are going to get happy with the changes. Yeah, yeah. You, like like he said, he's not going to please everybody. Yeah. So I'm he, I'm going to please the people who want to be pleased by it. Tweaks, just tweak it. Yeah, I think the tweaks that he's done right now is good. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this: having played post tweaks and then post tweak tweaks, I see what people are saying, but it's still a good game. Like I still there's still enough other difficulty that I may I, go I may go back to it at some point. I have a lot on my plate right now. All right. I think this is a good spot for us to speak on what we wanted to address today. Yeah. So yeah. let's get into the main event. Let me know what you guys think about this. We were just talking about Hyperlight Drifter, right? right? Yeah. Joe, you were like, maybe I'll come back to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Leo, you're like, yeah, I'm kind of feeling this game. I'm in it. You think you're a little hardcore on, on Hyperlight Drifter, Leo? Can I play some inside baseball here? No. I don't even know what that means. Give give the listeners some some what they don't hear when we record. You want to pull the curtain back? I want to pull the curtain back just a bit. Sure. I was talking. We were talking about the topics that we were going to talk about today, and we were talking about what games we're playing beforehand. And Hyperlife Drifter. I was I was talking with you guys, and I I said I haven't had a game pull me in like this in a long, 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 long time. This game is pulling me in. Similar to other games that makes you just want to go in, find all the secrets, you know, tear it apart bit by bit. And I'm surprised by what my gaming tendencies have turned into and how much they changed with this particular game. So, yes, I'm hardcore with this game. All right. You're, you have a little bit of a, Joe, a little bit of a, meh, we'll get to it eventually attitude. Yeah. You would say you're a little not hardcore. You're a little more casual on this game. Casual. I'm a little casual on it, if only because my time is invested elsewhere. All right, and you don't even have a computer. When this game comes out on a system, if it even comes out on a system, you you you've heard us talk about it now. There's a episode that you weren't on that we talked about it at length. What do you think? What do you think about this game? You wanna you wanna give it a shot? You think you'll be a little more casual to it? You think you'll go in? I mean, when the first time I saw the game, like the clips, I was like, okay, this game actually looks pretty interesting. You know, since I'm opening my gaming library, my genre of knowledge of gaming, I would say I would actually play it. I'm actually looking forward to it coming on console, no matter what, what the problems that people might say have, I want to play it no matter what. Am I going to go in? That's still determined because I don't know nothing about the game still. I didn't get a chance to watch you guys really play, so I'm not sure. Well, what I want to touch on here is we got a little debate going before, and we figured we'd bring it on, uh, between casual gaming, hardcore gaming, what makes a casual gamer compared to a hardcore gamer. Let's just throw it around real quick and see what everybody thinks. So, Joe, what's your take on casual versus hardcore, and what's the difference, and 
how they line up. Well, the difference between casual hardcore is really purely relative. You go into a game, and depending on how much you want to invest in it, and how willing you are to, to invest into the mechanics of the game, as far as mastering them go, is pretty much the level of going in hardcore on it. So I would say definition of hardcore is just how much you're willing to invest of yourself into a particular game or a genre, and a casual will kind of just like they'll experience it, but they won't really they won't really invest too much of themselves in it. A level of, a level of hardcore is determined entirely by investment of self. All right. So would you consider yourself on the whole a hardcore or casual gamer? Well, when I'm not working, I'm usually gaming. So I would say definitely I'm falling to the hardcore category. All right. Leo, what's your take? My take is a hardcore gamer is someone who, like Joe said, wants to invest into it, but mainly becomes wrapped up into this passion they have, whether it's a certain game, whether it's a certain series of games, whether it's just gaming as a whole. But it, it envelops them. They treat it like their business. They map it all out. And a casual gamer is someone who wants the entertainment value that the game provides. That's a good way of putting it, I think. So the difference would be a casual gamer is someone who watches a movie. They're a comic book fan and they want to see all the comic book movies that come out. Versus someone who's a, a hardcore movie watcher watches all the movies they can, knows directors, knows the screenwriters, knows, follows, uh, you know, watches all the Alfred Hitchcock movies. Buys the merch. Buys the merch. Spaceballs the flamethrower. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're hyper-focused onto it. Versus someone who just wants to enjoy the experience and go for it. I'm sorry, I'm trying to not crack up at this random Spaceballs <laughs> reference. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I had trouble containing it myself. Uh, Leo, good point. Do you? Where do you put yourself on the spectrum? I am a casual gamer. I'm someone who wants to... That's right, filthy casual. Hey, hey, hey. I was waiting to say that. I was. You're yeah. sitting on that. <laughs> you were sitting. I'm waiting. For over an hour. I'm going to say it to myself, too. <laughs> and it's funny. Casual Casual isn't a dirty word. Don't, don't listen to It is to dirty. some people. It is <laughs> some people, but it shouldn't be a dirty word. Right. You got to understand there are some times when casuals and hardcores will play together and that that is like oil and water. You know, especially especially if they're on your team. Depends on the game. I, and I'm sure we'll get into that yeah. a bit further. And what's your take? I think a hardcore gamer is the person that's going to explore every nook and cranny in this game. Want to find everything. Since we have no trophies and achievements now, you must, you must do everything possible. You must break this game to the point where, like, you pretty much can say you created a game. This is your game. Your name is stamped on it. A casual gamer is a person, in my personal opinion, that you like this game, you want to buy it, and you play it probably once in a blue moon. Every now and then you turn it on for 30 minutes or so just to get a feel of it. Okay, yeah, this game is fun. But for some odd reason, something about the game doesn't pull you in fully if you can't dedicate yourself to it. Example, people in Pokemon games. People dedicate, like, thousands of hours into these Pokemon games to breed Pokemon and stuff I, like that. I feel that. like Pokemon is a good... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, a like... Good, a good, uh, and... It's, it's one of those games that even if you're going as a casual gamer, 
it'll draw you in and yep. you will spend like your half your life playing this game and you're like, yo, what happened? <laughs> I questioned the same thing when I looked at my game and I had 400 hours on it. Like, Pokemon is definitely a good... Where did that happen? Yes. It's definitely a good benchmark to Although, determine where you fall on the casual versus hardcore line. <laughs> as far as Pokemon goes anyway, I, yes. I, I really think Pokemon has actually three categories. It goes and it's your hardcore Pokemon player, your casual Pokemon player, or you hate all things Pokemon. Guess which one I'm at? You're in the same boat with Joe because you guys had to deal with the same stuff (laughs) (laughs) from your time working at a different retailer, which we will shout out, Neutral Ground. Good job, guys. And where do you fall on your uh, hardcore versus casual scale? I am a casual gamer. Um, filthy casuals on this cast. But I'm not done. I'm not done. Okay. But I also feel like it depends on what you're playing. I'm mm-hmm. a casual gamer, but I feel like there are certain games that I will dedicate the time no matter what. I would have cut off everybody in my life to play certain games. And I'll stop doing everything I can to play certain games. And I feel like everybody has that one other. When it comes out, I have to get this no matter what. It can be bad. I can hear bad reviews about it, but I'm going to play it no matter what. I'm going to break it. That's how I feel. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, me, I would put it directly correlated to the amount of time that the that the hobby consumes your life. Mm. But I don't necessarily measure it by pure gameplay. I think that if you are willing to put in a lot of time to, say, record a gaming podcast (laughs) or to read articles about gaming all the time or to watch Twitch TV literally all the time, uh, that you are a pretty hardcore gamer. You might not necessarily have the time to dedicate to gaming as much, but yes, I do believe that it's purely based on the amount of time that you're willing to put into the hobby. You can be a, a hardcore anything that you want to be if you're willing to put in the time into it. If you're saying, I'm going to play Candy Crush for my train ride home, and that's it, and that's all the games I play, you're not a, you're, you're not a hardcore gamer. I don't think you're even a gamer at that point. You're just killing time. But if, now, if you say, I love Candy Crush... I'm going to play this game. I'm going to bug my Facebook friends to send me a life. And you you literally say, you know what? Wake up in the morning, Candy. You're a hardcore gamer. I hate those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You hate those people. But like they get maligned in the gaming community. Oh, you're not a real gamer. You're playing a cell phone game. But you, this person is a hardcore gamer as much as you're a hardcore person when it comes to Call of Duty. True. I, I, I have a quick antidote here. and it was Antidote? Theo, what did you do? Theo, Theo poisoned the porridge. <laughs> Damn it, Theo. <laughs> anecdote. Antidote. Thank you. I have a quick antidote here. A- anic- anecdote. I have a quick story. Yes. That relates <laughs> to this topic <laughs> at the moment. That, that, that's all, folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I have a quick story. Uh, I went to a gaming conference seven years ago. Oh, that's a long time ago. It was it was a games and education conference where you had developers from major publishers paired in with educators talking about uh, advancing games education and 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 the two. Nobody uh, wants that. Um, <laughs> and, well, well, what's funny is that I came in. I came in going, okay, I'm a gamer. I'm someone that likes you know playing games. I play massive tiles on consoles, yada yada. And the the one thing that this guy was talking about, he's like, look, my wife loves playing Bejeweled. She, I, I, I got her palm. I had a palm. I had her my palm. I gave her my palm. I, I used my palm all the time, and I got a new touch device. 
at the time. This is before iPhones and whatnot. Right, seven years ago. You're <laughs> um, Palm. <laughs> and she destroyed the screen. She was pressing the screen so much that the screen actually inverted into the device. <laughs> it, went, it went concave. Huh? It went concave into it. <laughs> And broke the device. And he's like, I've had a palm forever. Forever as well to that point. And I've never done that. <laughs> She's a hardcore gamer. Yes, a it's hardcore, Bejeweled. A hardcore Bejeweled player. But she, the, you can't discount her as a hardcore gamer. Well, here's the thing. I feel like I feel like the definition of hardcore really changes when you're talking about gaming in general. And when you're talking about a very specific game. I think if you want to define someone as a hardcore gamer... They're kind of a sort of a renaissance man of gaming, if you will. The, the kind of guy that explores genres. The kind of person that'll that, that could play, if not every genre, then a certain type of genre and invest most of his time or her time into gaming. So what about if you say, you look at the, the Korean StarCraft players. Yeah. Do they play anything else but StarCraft? They are, they are pretty much hardcore StarCraft players. And I don't know... If they play anything else, because they're they're StarCraft professionals. Like once you once you have people in into the pro levels of a, of a game where you're getting money for it, I don't expect them to be playing anything else at a hardcore level. You would call them you. I would still call them a hardcore game. They're the hardest of hardcore. They're getting paid. They're getting paid. <laughs> they're getting paid. That's yep. their job. So I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Well, at that at that point, you have to maybe distinguish between hardcore and professional. I feel it could be an entirely different discussion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so going with that, how do you define a casual gamer or, or gaming? Because I don't think you you hit that definition yet. Oh no! Yeah, I I, I hit it all at once. I was oh. I said that it was it's purely based on the amount of time that you're willing to put into the hobby. Okay. So if if you're just putting in maybe like a half hour. A day to play a cell phone game. You're you are a casual gamer. Okay. If you have a specific game that you like enough to turn on and mess around with it, but not really explore, you're casual to that game. So something that we kind of touch on is is that there are certain games that we really go in on, and certain games that we don't. Right now, for me, it's Hyperlife Drifter. What game recently have you been hardcore on, and what game have you recently been casual on? Recently, yeah. Let's say I'll say last ten years. Let's do that. Wow, <laughs> recently, <laughs> very broad. <laughs> Up to a long time ago. Yeah, I was in my twenties ten years ago. Jesus Christ. Uh, well, to to be recent <laughs> and not be distant, like ten years ago, the the games that I've been very hardcore on were Disgaea uh, Five and Xenoblade Chronicles X and Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley being a nice, interesting game to say that you're hardcore on, as it is presented as an extremely casual game. But I put, like, 200 hours into that game. I put 200 hours into each of these games in a period of time when it was like, yeah, I don't really feel like I have time to play, but I played those games. Uh, compared to maybe something, unfortunately, like Street Fighter Five, where I'm still waiting for my character to be released. <laughs> but it, of course, will be the last character to be released. Thanks, Capcom. Probably. Yeah. Shout out to the Urian players. So, with with that, you have games that you're hardcore about. You have games you're casual about for different reasons. Are you a filthy casual like us, or are you a hardcore gamer? So, if we're talking about actually picking up a controller, mm-hmm. I am beyond filthy casual at this point. <laughs> Uh, but my entire life still revolves around games. I, I actually spend more time watching Twitch now than I than I do playing games. 
the, the like uh, watching sports versus playing sports. Yeah. You get older, your ability to play sports goes Diminishes, down. so you but watch you can, them play. But you can still sit on the couch, drinking your beer, watching your sports. That's right. <laughs> the, the stuff I've picked up from watching, like, say, Darkwing Duck playing Legend of Zelda, Caleb Hart playing Mega Man X, and then... I'll go and, and try them out, realize, man, I don't have these skills, but whoa, these guys can speedrun these games. It's really entertaining. I, I, I feel that I'm a, a hardcore gaming connoisseur. Now we're going into subcategories. Yes. <laughs> All right, so what what games do you guys think that you're, you're hardcore on or softcore on? Leo asked me this question. So I'll turn it back on you guys. Uh, and what's your what you what do you think that you're most hardcore on? Recent? It's like ten years. Yeah, yeah, ten years. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> most recent game of Destiny and Pokemon X. Mm. I spent six hundred hours on Pokemon, which I would I don't know how the hell that happened. No idea. Destiny because I like the whole science fiction, create your own character, loot for weapons, stuff like that, armor. It was fun. And then like, I got people to play with, so it was like it made it even more interesting. Like, okay, come on from work, I gotta play this game. Wake up in the morning, I gotta play this game. Call my friends, hey, what are you doing? Get on Destiny, you gotta play this game. It's like, I love that. Casual, I would say NBA 2K. Big sports fan, I love basketball. I don't play the game to its full um, potential, meaning I'll only go on and play quick games. I never go online, I don't do my whole create a player. I don't do none of the extra stuff you do with the game. I still enjoy the game, but, you know, I might go home tonight. Okay, I want to do Miami versus Golden State. And lose? I don't lose. Wow. That that doesn't sound very casual I to mean, me. Playing against the CPU, am I going to lose to the CPU? That's yes, that happens. Mm-hmm. It does happen sometimes. Not to me. Don't be up, man. Play on Hall of Fame. I do play on Hall of Fame. Unbelievable. And Wade drops 30. Let's go. Yeah. Do you have any answers to this question, Leo, before I, this <laughs> this guy reveals that he's also hardcore in NBA 2K? <laughs> yeah, I, I got a couple answers. Um, Mass Effect and Dragon Age are the games I went hardcore on. And I don't mean like Mass Effect 1, I mean the entire series. Uh, so far, I haven't hit the, the third Dragon Age yet, but the first two, I went, I went in. I logged well over... In the first Dragon Age, more hours than you should have in that game. Games I went softcore on, Halo. I just wanted to get through it. Which one? All of them. And, and don't get me wrong, I like I like Reach. Reach is a great game, but I got to that and I'm like, cool, I'm done. Life goes on. Uh, Black Ops, any any Call of Duty, I just played story mode. And I was like, cool, I'm done. I don't need to play multiplayer. As casual as you get. Right, like, it's not that I'm someone that hates first-person shooters. I mean, that's kind of true uh, for different reasons. But one game I actually, recent, that I went hardcore on that was first-person shooter was Half-Life. So the Halo games just didn't, like, I like the story more so than, than like, playing multiplayer on them. I, I even picked up Halo 2, stopped, and then just watched all the cutscenes on YouTube afterwards. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You can do that now. You can do that now. It's kind of like, and, and done. So yeah, that's that's the, the stuff I went hardcore and softcore on. What about you, Joe? What's your casual games, uh, your hardcore games and your casual games? In the last 10 years? Do it for your entire life, My man. Entire life, because I because you you've been <laughs> hardcore about everything that you touch. <laughs> Almost every game you play, you're hardcore about. Jesus, I guess it was. I, I guess I went hardcore into Metroid Two, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> I actually finished it. You did, which is like one of the uh, four people on the planet. <laughs> what else? Hardcore into Battletoads, I guess. Oh yeah, 
one of the two people. <laughs> Not a, I'm pretty sure I can. I'm pretty sure I can go back and beat Battletoads now. Any Ninja Gaiden game, Ninja Gaiden, the one on the Xbox, I went pretty hardcore in on. Uh, you remember uh, my Xbox? My, it was kind of faulty, right? So back when I was working at Neutral Ground, uh, they had a little game station set up, and on my breaks, I would turn on, I would turn on Ninja Gaiden on the highest difficulty, and it had an audience watching me play this game. And actually finish it. Nice. So I have, it was that was probably one of more while at work. While at work <laughs> on his break. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right. There you go. That's your hardcore game. Well, right. you know, I've, I I also rated top tier in World of Warcraft. Yeah, but you didn't have an audience with you at work. That's well, true, but I did have an audience of I don't know thirty nine other people. <laughs> I mean, you're healing. Nobody's watching you heal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did everything. I had a tank, I had a healer, and a DPS. But I, did, yeah. I guess I did mostly heal for my World of Warcraft run. I, I ended up doing mostly healing, too. <laughs> Even though all I wanted to do was cast Frostbolt at things. <laughs> all I wanted to do was heal. Every time I every time I didn't get the heal, I'm like... I felt like if I wasn't healing, I wasn't I wasn't trying. Because I needed to feel that like responsibility of keeping the team alive. It was... Invigorating until it wasn't, <laughs> and then you quit. Then I quit. No, never mind. Because I'm like <sighs> snoring sounds. Okay, that's good radio Boring. right there. Yeah. Snoring Joel, sounds. Joel was, Joel was Nurse Joy. That's what Joel was. Nurse Joy. And <laughs> make okay, good it job. Made, it makes perfect sense. Actually, see, look, he, he's given you a Pokemon name. <laughs> now you have to like it again. All right. <laughs> what do you uh, What do you casual on? Say Pokemon. I'm not casual on Pokemon. I guess <laughs> I, played, I played Pokemon. Sure, I guess I was casual on it. I was actually pretty casual in Street Fighter Four. What? Huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I never. I was. Looking at my history of Street Fighter Four, I know you didn't really want to take it online too much. No, I wasn't very good, so I just did a lot of practice mode. I spent a lot of time in training, practicing links, deciding I'm not very good at linking one frame links. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I was pretty. I ended up pretty casual about Street Fighter Four. Team Fortress Two is a game that I really don't know. I don't know the answer to because I spent. You spent hardcore time Thousands on Thousands of hours. I can actually count the amount of time I played that game because it recorded somewhere. Mm. But, I, but I tried playing competitively once, and I'm like, never again. Well, you know, what's, what's funny, I feel like, you know, people talk about casual and hardcore, and I think you pick a really good point here, is that some games you start out really hardcore on, they become casual. About. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter Four, I was definitely like that about. For me, it was an MMO. Anarchy Online, I started out really, really hardcore in this game. I was doing everything I can... So much to the point that I was, like, role-playing and doing raids in it. And then stopped. I was like, okay, cool. Time's up. I'm just popping every now and then. Sounds like normal MMO trajectory. Right, but there are some people who stay hard. Like, that game is their life. I got a, I got a friend like that. <laughs> but I give him a shout-out here. Back in, uh, I think the most hardcore moment he had was... There was a time when I would, I would visit his house, visit his apartment, to watch television. And he'd be on the computer... Uh, every 15 minutes or so, he'd kill this one NPC that gave him five reputation. <laughs> oh, I remember this. <laughs> so and then, yeah. So then, oh man, I, you know what? He might be on the he might be on the cast one day. I'm gonna I'm gonna let him tell this story when he gets on. <laughs> you can't just drop it. All right, all right. I feel like I'd be cheating him out of the but story you though. You can't you can't set that up for our thousands and thousands of listeners and then just not pay it off. I just did. 
interesting. Wow, <laughs> that's Girl. disgusting. I feel like I'd be I feel like I'd be cheating him out of a story if I did this. And I know he's listening. So you know what that means? You need to keep listening to his podcast until he shows up and tell the story. I'm sure we'll have him on one day, maybe when Legion's about to drop. I guess that's what you call a teaser in the business. <laughs> yeah, very, he's, very long-term he's, he's, teaser. He's the most hardcore player I know in that game. Here's another great example of a game that I know multiple people at this table went hardcore on and then trailed off on. Tap. Titans. <laughs> <laughs> Titans. There's some there's some games that are that are designed for casual audience, and I think Tap Titans definitely falls into that category. It's, it's the it's the casual game that sucks you into hardcore proportions. <laughs> yep, mm-hmm. that's how they that's how they get you with this stuff. Yeah, probably I'm the one who sunk the most time into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reason why I played that game over other mobile game mobile games is because. It doesn't limit your chance to play the game. I really, really despise the trend of like Facebook and mobile games. And the reason why I don't play most of them is because it's like you're only allowed to do some things for a certain amount of time. And then you run out of energy, quote unquote, whatever they want to call it. And you have to wait or you have to pay them money to get the energy back to keep playing. And I'm like, no, this is bullshit. Like the first time I run out of energy is the last time I play your game. So Taptite doesn't have that. It's just... And look, you could be working. If you have a free hand, just tap the screen. Once you get overpowered in the game, the game plays itself for the first half of the game. <laughs> you, ever see the, you ever see this episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation, where they're getting like this game, it's, stimul- it's directly stimulating their pleasure center, so everybody's like super addicted to it. It's actually, actually not playing it, it's actually playing it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's like that. I mean, it gets it does get to that point. Uh, it was still even after the point where it's like I don't even really need to play the game for the first half of the game. I was still like looking at him like I got to plan this out now. Now it's more about micromanagement than it is about actually physically tapping. I mean, it's pretty cool the way it evolves, at least. You know, it's not the same game. It's not a game. Hours you, you don't just tap, 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 tap all day and just yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the beginning, you have to. Yeah. What, what, like, as you evolve, you don't tap as much. What's it's interesting is that you got multiple people. You became the pusher. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, because I was making fun of somebody who was playing it. <laughs> And everybody who saw me playing it was making fun of me playing it. I'm like, just play it. And then started playing it. <laughs> so, Tragic. I never played it. I never I never fell for the rules. You know, one yeah, person. You were, you were too busy playing Candy Crush. No. I, I got like the level 500. <laughs> I love those mastery games. I just, it's look, great. Look, when you're a gamer, you get hardcore about whatever game you want to get into. Oh, yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like I said, it's, a, it's, it's about it's about investment, it's about passion. Passion. I don't right. know if I'm passionate about Candy Crush, though. I certainly hope to God I'm not I, passionate. I think you're passionate. Candy. You keep playing it. I have I have not played it for a while. It's waning off. Yeah, well, it's at its third iteration at this point. I'm like, how many different ways can you make a match three game? Oh, oh they'll find a way. <laughs> I know they'll find oh, a way. They'll find they'll a like, way. Squeeze the money out of you. I've never given them a dime, and I'm yeah. never going to do it. Good job. Yeah. Play that shit for free. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. They're gonna give me a free game. I'm play that shit for free. Yeah, for free. My, f- screw this microtransaction garbage. <laughs> so, no uh, what, what's coming out that you think that you're gonna be hardcore into? Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch. I maybe steal your answer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I think I think I see my Overwatch career much like my Team Fortress Two career. I certainly don't know if I'm going to have the time investment into Overwatch that I had in Team Fortress Two. Right. And I definitely don't think I'm going to go competitive. But I think Overwatch is the only one I feel myself. Maybe Street Fighter Five. All right, now I'm kind of going as a casual match more than rank match. Well, these we need days. to get your ass down to next level arcade, man. We got to level you up. Yeah, man. you're the you're the you're the hope right now. I'm the hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Chris is too busy, yeah. and my character doesn't exist, and I suck. You know, it's, so it's you're the hope. Well, right now, right now, it's U.S. versus Japan, and U.S. <laughs> is far inferior, and now East Coast versus West Coast, and you know, East people feel about the East Coast. Inferior. Yeah. So going to the next level, eh. I mean, you got to level up somehow. I ain't moving to California. <laughs> I don't care enough to. <laughs> have nice weather. I really do, actually. But and no rain. But their ground shakes. You, yeah, that's yeah. a big factor. <laughs> you know, our ground shook in New York a few years ago. Oh my god, I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> you know, I was actually in GameStop when that happened. <laughs> buying yeah, some buying, games. I was buying. A, I was actually buying a game at GameStop. That they, I forget what game it was. Uh, Quake. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was or Doom. It was Quake or Doom. Neither of those. <laughs> I forget what it was. I think it was. Uh, uh, was it Kid Icarus? It might have been Kid Icarus. Riveting. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been Quake. Quake was like. It was doesn't old. matter. It was like fifteen years old by that point. <laughs> what game do you buy during an earthquake? But Quake. I don't know. I didn't know. I actually walked out of the store. Had no idea earthquake had happened. All right. Or Do you have anything that's coming out that you think you're going to be hardcore into, Leo? Euro Truck Simulator. <laughs> hey, don't don't diss on the truck simulator. Man. That American truck simulator is gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but not um, out of gas, because then you wouldn't be able to drive the truck. Exactly. Okay. You understand. Mm-hmm. I'll say this: I have evolved in the way I approach games as they as they come out. There isn't one. That has me super excited. I'm gonna be hardcore. Do this while you're filthy casual. No, no. But, but here's the thing. So like. I enjoy the experiences so much that I'm just waiting for another good game to come out to grab me. That game has to grab me. It has to be interesting enough for me to get it. And the one the one game that I think after Hyperlight Drifter that's going to do it to me is Division. Division is is on my next pickup. And I think that game is just going to take me and wrap me in for longer than it should. All right, so thank you for not answering the question because I asked, you know, if anything's coming out, and then you named the game that's already out. No, but, but I'm going to skip you because you had, you had a nice elaborate answer and it was cute. Is there any, anything that's coming? You want to you try to get something that's coming out? No, I, there, there's nothing. All right, so Leo... I don't even remember what's coming out. does not have anything that's... You, you said Overwatch. Yeah, sure, Overwatch, but yeah, that's about it. All right. Hmm. Anthony, I know you know something that's coming out that you're going to be hardcore into. I'm going to be casual into it. I'm gonna be hardcore getting it. Um, NBA 2K17 with Kobe Bryant on the front since he's not retired. Wait, Kobe. <laughs> leave it to you to get the Kobe Bryant. Do <laughs> <laughs> you get it? <laughs> I mean, you know it's gonna happen. You know, Mamba out. Da 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 sports. Gotta get da 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 sports. Yeah, I don't buy special edition 2K stuff. But I'm gonna buy this one. I th- I thought for sure that uh, that you would have said like Call of Duty, no, because or maybe like the new God of War. I mean, with God of Whatever comes out, that's like saying I'm gonna wait. I'm there's, gonna... there's very little information yeah. about God of War. That's like right saying now. I'm gonna the next game that's gonna come out. I'm gonna pick up is Kingdom Hearts three. If it ever comes out, yo, we alive. go we go hard with Mickey and Donald and Goofy. Call of Duty, I usually play in like 
It's like usually you skip two years. It is one that I really like. Like this one, usually two years after is garbage. I feel like I don't it, buy it. I feel like you can't you can't do it every every time it comes out. It's not now, no. Mm-hmm. It's not it's, it's not good. It ain't must it's have every, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Even the one that's out now is like uh, not having fun killing people anymore. <laughs> not, having, <laughs> not having fun killing people anymore. Well, I never thought I'd hear things like that <laughs> on, on the show. We haven't recorded. Hope you, All right, we'll, hope you don't run for office, Sam. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll leave his address at the end of the cast so the police can find <laughs> <laughs> uh, Me, my choice is going to be Final Fantasy fifteen because screw all you. I'm hardcore into Final Fantasy. I don't care what it is. Every one of them I'm hardcore into. Even the ones I hate, I play like eight times. That's true. That's very true. And it's not going to be any different. I've purchased like ten times. I can't even count the amount of times I've purchased Final Fantasy VII, and I don't like the game. Shame on you. <laughs> and I keep saying I don't like the game, but I actually really do like the game. I just, I just say I don't like the game now for appearances at this point. The game is fine. I don't like it. It stinks. It stinks, and no. I don't like it. I don't want this. Final Fantasy VI, my favorite. Oh yeah, oh Oh, yeah. That's that's entirely different. You know, like touching back on things for a sec. Casual versus hardcore. You see all these people on Twitch, like you said, you're watching them, and like you didn't have this back in the day. Absolutely not. Like everybody was so gassed about how good they were at video games. Like every every friend I had to play video games, they go, "I'm the best at this game. I'm the best. Like I can play. I can beat Mega Man two on it." In an hour. <laughs> now you look at speedrunners. <laughs> what, an hour? <laughs> I remember when I was happy I beat Zelda 1 in like 90 minutes. The, the, Mar- the Mario, Super Mario record was just oh, broken. Yeah. By the, by the by person a, who broke it last. By a hundredth of a second. Mm-hmm. I thought it was two hundredth. It was like a, it was some very minuscule amount. I was, I was reading up on it and apparently... There is basically 11 frames that he can save between that and the perfect run of the game. Mm-hmm. 11 frames. 11 right? frames. Okay, so what, did the NES run at 60? or? Uh, I believe so. Okay, so 5 minutes, 60 frames a second. Let's do some math here. 5 minutes is what? Is 300 seconds. 300 times 60 is, let's see, hang on. Three. I'm not. I'm not which, which, the math is so do it. so I'm weak right it. now. <laughs> Three hundred times sixty is. Yeah, I'm surprised you're not getting this real quick. Educators. Eighteen thousand. So eighteen. So eleven out of eighteen thousand frames. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's not much room for improvement in this game. No. <laughs> you, you know what's you know what's funny? Uh, Metal Gear, the Metal Gear series. Is a game that I know, Dre, you've gone hardcore on. I was extremely hardcore in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. And it's a game I've, I've gone very casual on. And all the Metal Gears, the Metal Gear Solid games, you've seen me, aside from 5, you've seen me play because I came to your place and played it and we had a jolly old time of me screwing up very epically. And it's a really good example of what's happening with the Twitch phenomenon where you have gamers who want to experience the entertainment value and watch people play it. And I use this example when you talk about uh, how hardcore you are with Mel- the Metal Gear series. is because, you know, Twitch, you're able to watch people play, etc. But you were watching me, me play this game. You're like, hey, come over, let's play this game. Because you were getting a value of me screwing up. 
but also seeing me do it a bit differently. So when you went your hardcore run, it's like, all right, I remember, I remember watching Leo crawl under this place and not being seen. I'll try that. that I didn't try anything. <laughs> generally a recipe for, I think I, I th- for bad things happening. I think I know what Leo's saying. Is that you're picking up on, on people's performance by watching them play it. Yes. And you learn things. Kind of like the way you'd, as like a kind of a competitive thing, you know, download the tech. But, but also an, another point is that there's a series that you have a casual gamer in, you have a hardcore gamer in, and we get along fine. And yeah, sometimes you get casual and hardcore gamers in the same room playing the same game, and it doesn't work well. I feel like MOBA is the genre that really has <laughs> the most oil and water. In that it's, it's basically any sort of competitive multiplayer. Team-based competitive yes, multiplayer. When, when you can have somebody of a casual level on your team when you're not casual... And they bring down the performance of the team. It's usually no bueno. Well, the bigger the team, you know, the, more the less get, right. Yeah, because you can get carried by a lot of people. You know, you, if like if you're one of five, you may be a pretty heavy liability. If you're one of thirty, there's sounds like a Rathy Basin to me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a Rathy Basin? Warsaw Ghost was ten. The Rathy Basin was fifteen. It was a big one in the in the Alter Rock Valley. Alter Rock Valley, yeah. Right. That's what it sounds like to me. Old I got my ass carried in Alter Rock Valley. <laughs> Old school Alter Rock Valley was like You hours. had to be hardcore to play that PvP These, zone. Those games lasted sometimes for days. You like log out <laughs> days. Come back into it, it's still the same battle the next day. You're like, what is going on here? I remember the first time I got into an Alter Rock Valley game was from an eight hour queue. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was miserable. That's, that's a full work day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I know when I get in Division and Ant and I are playing, your story that you, you talked about earlier in this podcast, I, that my story had been like, hey, I was helping them out and they shot me and then I cried. <laughs> <laughs> so I know like our experience when we're playing this game is going to be along. I'm the noob. I'm going to be the, the, the casual in it, the dirty casual. Not because I don't, I don't see myself not going hardcore into it, but in the beginning, I'm definitely going to be learning and... I'm gonna be casual about it. I just, I just hope being hardcore in the division doesn't involve altering your client side files to cheat. I don't, I don't believe that at any point in time that being hardcore means that you are breaking the rules of the game. Maybe bending them. Yeah, look, if you're doing something that's within the rules of the game, but might be like skirting on the on the outside edges of what people would say is allowable but it's still like the he- technically the game still allows you to do it all right as long as you're not like exploiting a major if, glitch or if, anything if it's like something that. that's accessible to everyone you mean yeah okay as long as it's not like go to this location and shake the bell four times and turn left and then go up once and land and talk to the cat and then after that you become invincible it sounds like a very direct example from a game like, that you played. That you what have to- you been playing recently? <laughs> <laughs> Is this some Stardew Valley stuff we got? I have no idea. There are bells and cats. I know there are probably bells and cats. Is this, is, well, this, uh, is this Pokemon Fuchsia? Obviously. Obviously, this is from Breath of Fire 4, guys. Come on. <laughs> it's the only thing I play. You remember, if you listen to my one-shot, the Breath of Fire series hates me. So, no. I wouldn't have gotten this reference. No, I don't think anybody would have gotten it. Leo is Breath of Fire casual. Because it's... <laughs> I am definitely Breath of Fire hardcore. <laughs> no, this is just something I made up. It's a weird example. Yeah. You know, back in the day during, like, NES, NES days... You made up these things. Yeah, you'd do that and you wouldn't question it. They'd be right. like, They'd be like dogs walking in trees. And you'd be like, okay. That's fine. Yeah. 
Cool. <laughs> like on top of a tree, even. That's right. Not, not right. in the tree, and then you jump on the dog because that's what you did. You know, you jump on things. There's birds that attack ninjas because yeah. why not? Why not? This is what happens in video games. <laughs> <laughs> I think the casual versus hardcore game topic is a lot more nuanced, and. I actually don't believe casual is a dirty word. Like, I know we're joking around with the casual. Yeah, it's not dirty. Yeah. It, it's not. It, casuals are the lifeblood of video games. I don't think that it also describes any one particular play style either. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Because I think a certain amount of skill is necessary to be considered hardcore. That if you really go into it and you just suck, <laughs> I don't know if you can be considered hardcore. All right. Any last words in it? No. I agree. I, I agree with Leo and what Joe said. Like, there's, there's definitely lines can be blurred between both hardcore and casual. And also, can be broken down even further what a casual and hardcore is. All right. Very simple. Very astute. Yes. Okay. I am a filthy hardcore casual, <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue to do that for the rest of my life. As for us on this hardcore video game podcast, you can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Instagram. We don't even use that too much. We should start using it a little bit more. Let's take a picture of this orange that we signed before <laughs> we started. <laughs> uh, we are now on Tumblr. You can also find us on Evil Avatar and Maglomaniac. We got a whole bunch of ways you can listen to us. Eventually, you'll hear us on iTunes too. And you know, I'm, I'm going to cave into that because Apple sucks. But wow, I suppose hate. it's necessary. Hate. <laughs> I feel it. I feel the burn. Come on now, man. Uh, you got this Apple product over here, and it's... Oh, look at that. He even signed the orange. <laughs> I did. Well, Theo and Chris, you can't sign this orange. No, it's our orange. So, bam, you suck. 4205 cast off. <laughs>